0: Welcome to the Michigan Minds podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Epidemiology plays a crucial role in any outbreak, and especially in a global pandemic. So certainly it's going to be clinicians, it's going to be doctors who are going to be treating cases and reporting those cases into a surveillance system, and that's what happened in China. But then it is going to be epidemiologists who are going to collect all those reports and who are going to make a decision on whether this is a new outbreak, and they are going to be notifying policymakers and so really epidemiologists are the ones who are quantifying how the burden of disease, so how, how bad an outbreak is, uh, but they're also importantly, what we're doing is looking at disparities. So who's hardest hit? And that's been especially important to think about in this COVID-19 epidemic, because here in the United States, we see that there's been this huge racial disparity and African-Americans in particular are being particularly hard hit by the virus. So I have an existing project funded by the NIH, which is looking at changes in perceptions to vaccines over time. And it's comparing populations in China and in the United States. When the coronavirus outbreak hit, I needed to shift some of my data collection around because I originally was going to be doing some on the ground data collection. And so I moved to doing some online surveys and i shifted some of the focus to not just be looking at vaccines in general but be looking at coronavirus and a potential covid-19 vaccine so starting in early march i've been doing these surveys on what people think about covid-19 what are their attitudes what do they think about getting covid-19 vaccine and i've been doing these in china and in the united states And I'm currently applying for some funding to also be doing some surveys in other countries as well so that we can have this international sample, which I think is particularly important because as we know, this is infectious disease has really quickly spread across borders. So we really need to have a global understanding of what people think about um, countermeasures to coronavirus. I will say that what we found so far in our baseline survey in the United States is that there is widespread support for these countermeasures. So regardless if you are Republican, Democrat, independent, everyone's has high support and people are trying to be socially distant from each other and they're relatively accepting of a vaccine. Of course, a vaccine isn't on the market right now, but we hope it will be within the next couple of years. So right now, um, I think across the United States, across broad spectrums of the population, people are... I would say have a relatively positive view of countermeasures. My concern is that that's going to crack. And so we are doing these repeated surveys over time. And our hypothesis is that people are going to be a bit more fatigued about these countermeasures, about staying at home, about being socially distant, and they might even be more hesitant in the future to get a vaccine over the course of this outbreak. In the baseline survey which we had, um, we collected this around March 20th, so it's, it's odd to think that it's already been over a month since you know we've been under stay-at-home orders in Michigan. At that point in time, we saw less than five percent of our population had already lost their job due to coronavirus. I would expect at this point in time that would be even more Another thing that we were looking at was whether there are generational differences. And really, the hypothesis would be that maybe younger generations are just less likely to follow social distancing measures just because we hear all in the news you know, it's the millennials who are going on spring break. And of course, we've been bombarded with information that it is older adults who are predominantly the ones who are impacted by severe disease. So we did actually find that. Among younger adults, they were less likely to be socially distancing themselves than older adults. Uh, so that was one of our key findings. But we did find that younger adults also had relatively high risk perception. So if you were younger, there's sort of this, this contradictory thing where you might think that you're more likely to get coronavirus, but that's not leading you to do more social distancing. So I would say going forward, clearly we'll be collecting more surveys so that we get some some better longitudinal information about this. But going forward, we need to have better knowledge about how people's risk perceptions impact what kind of countermeasures they're adhering to. Are they socially distancing themselves? Are they staying at home? Are they as much as possible not um, being close with their neighbors? Are they... Um, in the future going to be accepting of a vaccine so these are all things which will be key to slowing the spread of disease but we've unfortunately we're seeing that maybe there's some generational differences in that so i would suspect that right now there's going to be fewer and fewer people over time who are going to be accepting of social distancing and accepting of staying at home and it's sort of a natural response in a way you know we all have cabin fever from staying inside a lot And certainly for people who might live in smaller homes or have less access to walking around outside, that could even be a larger problem. Really what we're trying to do is, as much as possible, promote this idea that it's important for you at this point in time to be staying at home. In Michigan right now, there's a plateau in the number of cases. Hopefully there will be a decrease in the number of cases and the number of deaths in the weeks ahead. And we want to prevent there from being a second wave of infections. So a second wave of an outbreak occurring later the summer or in the fall. I've been working with colleagues in Shanghai since the middle of February on analyzing epidemiological data. Uh, And at that point in time, no one in the United States was thinking that there was going to be this huge outbreak. Certainly it wasn't on the mind, on on my mind. Uh, You know, I was still regularly going into work, but in China at that point in time they already had about three to four weeks of um, stay-at-home orders and so I was helping um, my colleagues in in China analyze this data and it was related to you know who's most at risk for disease how contagious are people and what I've noticed in Shanghai is that they've been able to decrease the number of cases early in March but then there was sort of this second wave of infections which happened in April. That's definitely something that we want to avoid here in the United States and in Michigan is we want to avoid a second wave of cases in in the future. so Michigan has loosened the criteria of who's eligible to be getting these tests, so younger folks, people with um, milder symptoms, are now more eligible to get the tests than they have in the past and that's a great thing, so then we'll have a better idea of the epidemiological picture of the disease and who's actually um, getting it at the time being it's really important to still maintain social distancing. It's very important as much as possible to be staying at home for a number of reasons. Right now, we still haven't controlled the outbreak to the extent needed to shift to another type of control measure. So at this point in time, we really need to focus on just limiting people, being outside and being in contact with other individuals. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMishImpact.